Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of our Wine Down Wednesday. Um, today, joining me on the couch from our awesome wine club, I have Clay. Hi. And back again, Xavier. Hey guys. And we have some great topics with some hopefully great wines that we're going to uh, be testing. Um, the first wine we're, we're testing today is gonna, it's coming from uh, Spring Creek. It's a Merlot, a California Merlot. Um, this was bought at Dollar General, and it is three dollars and fifty cents a bottle. So definitely a steal if it's if it's worth its uh, weight. But mm-hmm. don't see. But don't steal. Don't, don't <laughs> definitely definitely don't steal, please, guys. Okay. So we're gonna go ahead and um, pour her up sounds. and let's see what she sounds like. Oh, let's see. Hmm. At Spring Creek, we seek to honor the rich heritage of California winemaking, blah, 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 blah. Leads with flavors of black cherry and mixed berries, which are complemented by spicy aromas. Mm. So, um, black cherry, berries, and smells. Smells. Because it's spicy. Spicy Spicy. smells. Oh, nice. Spicy smells. So, we're going to go ahead and uh, get her going. I'm going to go on the record and say that I'm not that biggest fan of reds. How this one stacks. It's up. hopefully it's better than the last ones we had uh, last week. Those were those were rough. Yeah, going. high alcohol content on this. Oh. Nothing was below thirteen point five. Yeah. Um, if you haven't uh, listened to that episode, that's uh, one of our first. Um, I would definitely listen to that one because uh, we had three two wines at thirteen point five, and then one was at thirteen point six. Yeah. Um, that got uh, interesting. Um, so this one is actually a little bit lower. We're looking at 12%. Oh, nice. Oh, so my not, God. It's not, it's not terrible. It's a little bit. It's a little bit. Why do cheap wines have so much alcohol in them? Probably because, because you drink they're... The, you probably use them to cook with and not drink usually. Yeah. But, you this know, we got a ball of yeah. budget around here. So, um, today we're actually using uh, a pretty cool <laughs> real, wine glass. Real wine glasses? Um, not uh, the famous red solo cup. Um, <laughs> but one of the things you can do um, is to swirl your wine and then as it scales down the glass, the wider the legs are of the wine, um, the more alcohol it has in it. Please explain. Legs are drips, don't know what by the way. Are. They're just yeah, drips. Legs are basically inside the glass. When you swirl it, you'll have a little residue still left on the glass. And as it basically drips down back into the glass, you'll see um, streaks, uh, my str- uh, also no, known as legs. Oh, wait, hold on. I'm, I'm not in the light. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it helps to be in the light. Um, there's a cool uh, wine um, lover's trick. Um, so you can, if you don't have the bottle in hand, you can always kind of check and see. And do it at home. Um, pour two glasses of wine that are different and uh, check out how different the uh, legs are. All right, let's go ahead and have a taste of some. Oh, wow. Okay, very sweet. You said this is a Merlot. It's a Merlot, yeah, but it's got like it's what did I say Bar- berries, 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 and smells. <laughs> berries, um, black cherry, mixed berries, and spicy, spicy smells. It's actually not too bad on the tannins. It, it really, it really isn't like this yeah. one compared to the three we last week. Yeah, much. Um, that's much the kind of wine you would use yeah. for like a sangria to get like so it's not too heavy on the tannins. It has the mixed berry right. flavor. It's yes. got a really good um, finish. Yeah, this would be a, this would be a pretty good dinner wine. Like I'm, yeah. I'm actually mm. a little happy with it, and for three dollars and fifty cents, that is crazy. I had yeah. very low hopes for this one, so I'm <laughs> quite impressed. 
<laughs> I I could see myself eating a steak and having a wine like oh. this instead of a beer because usually steak and beer. But yeah. I could I could totally. I've um, tried drink that. Yeah, I've I've tried several Merlots and Merlots usually are um, not that bad, uh, but you know every now and again, it's the, usually the more expensive the wine, the worse it is. <laughs> true. Very um, true. We we definitely have experienced that uh, last week, um, but. What I wanted to go ahead and jump into our first uh, discussion piece today, and I want to talk about um, the issue we have going on lately with Michael Cohen. Um, if you're unaware, the FBI raided his hotel room, his office, and his home, and, his home, and took tons and tons and tons of documents relating to him and his relationship with Trump, uh, possibly with Russians, things like that. Um, and a lot of people are, um, a lot of People are crying foul of the FBI and also um, Michael Cohen and uh, President Trump both want to refute to review all the documents that were seized um, for to pull out anything that could possibly be client attorney privilege things that are that attorneys aren't supposed to talk about um, or nobody or I'm sorry it should be things that are supposed to be secret between the client and and their attorney, which is understandable. Um, and I'm just trying to get an idea of what you guys think about that before I give my opinion. Well, I think the I think the raid was and why you do that? Illegal. I'm gonna pour another bottle of this Merlot. That was actually <laughs> I meant no bottle. Sorry, guys, glass. Yeah, we drink shit from the bottle here. <laughs> um, I think the I think the raid was was legal. Um, I think that the amount of information that they were able to collect um, is going to be paramount in the case. I mean, you have a lawyer who supposedly has paid out over $130,000 to for hush money. Um, you know, you have multiple cases of dealings that Donald Trump has been in. Right. That you have this lawyer that's been with him for a very long time uh, willing even to take a bullet from him. Uh, that's from his Twitter, Michael, Co- Michael Collins. So... It's just, it's it's just one of those stories that we have to get to the bottom of, um, because if there are things in those files that connect Donald Trump directly to the the Russians um, or to um, other illegal activities, then I believe that that should be that should be known. Um, and like I said, I, I just don't, I don't think it's fair that. Trump and um, new now lawyer uh, Rudy Giuliani um, should have the, the the right to review the documents before mm-hmm. um, the DA or before the FBI agents um, and that, that Michael Cohen's lawyer is fighting that as well. Right. Well, you know, um, in the rare event that something like this happens, there are procedures for the um, for the review of those documents by a third party. Now that those that party is the government. So if you have issue with you know the government, then you you could take issue with that. So um, I still want to say my piece, but I'm waiting. Clay, I'm, I want to hear what you have to say about any of the things that are going on with Michael Cohen. I definitely do agree that it definitely was legal. Um, it's a very incriminating. Uh, thing I think for him because the amount of uh, information that he had being 
so in deep with Trump and his dealings, um, there's definitely going to be a lot of things, I think, that are going to come to bite him in the butt. Yeah. <laughs> um, I definitely agree. And, like, and I have two points on this when it comes to the whole investigation and thing. People are getting... One, there's one point is people are upset that they feel like um, the special counsel is overreaching and that they're getting... Because he's grabbing people for different things. I mean, he's getting them for tax evasion or money laundering. I mean, all kinds of stuff. I mean, there's some other things that Michael, Michael Cohen may have been doing illegally for other people um, that he may be getting... He may get charged for, depending on how that plays out. Um, and my, my thought process on that, like, these guys are essentially federal police officers. You know, if you get if you get pulled over for a busted headlight and a police officer walks up to your car and sees an open bottle of some kind of alcoholic beverage, they're not just going to say, oh, well, I can't write you this ticket or arrest you for that open container. I'm going to, I can't, since I only pulled you over for that, that, head, that busted um, headlight, so they're going to actually go in and further investigate what's going on. Like, you have an open container. Now they're going to pull you out your car, see if you're driving under the influence. It's a, it's a, it's a sliding scale. Like, it's their responsibility if they see something Further, that is illegal. It is their job to then go in and investigate it, and that's exactly what the special counsel is doing. And what and he every time Mueller almost almost every time Mueller's pulled somebody or or swooped somebody else in under the investigation and had them arrested or indicted or whatever, it's not really his team that's doing it. He finds that information and he's handing it off to other attorneys, other prosecutors to then um, proceed with their legal action. Um, but, I lost my train of thought. On the other side, um, I think it's incredibly stupid, in my, in my opinion, if, uh, that if the judge, and I cannot remember her name to save my life, if the judge allows them to review their own files to pull out to, to claim client attorney privilege. That, that would say, hey, you may be doing something legal. We haven't looked through your documents yet to see if you're doing anything illegal, but we're going to let you go through your documents and pull things out before we have a chance to come through them. That makes that get that's just that just opens up too much room for them to hide if there's anything illegal, if there is anything illegal. But, and let's not forget that Robert Mueller isn't doing this by himself. Um, for everything that he's done. He has gotten a warrant signed off on by another federal judge. So he's passing this through the legal loops that it has to be done through. And other people are saying, yes, I do believe that there's something fishy going on with Cohen. So I'm going to sign off on this warrant so that you can then hand it down to the FBI and do an official job. It's not like he's just sending in the FBI, you know, Right via you, phone call and right. and and he's personally sending in the goon squad. That's right. not how it is. Right. Like I just I just put yourself in the same situation and just let's be hypothetical here, guys. Say you did something illegal and your attorney's in on it. Um, and if you're an idiot, possibly like Michael Cohen, I'm not going to say. And quoting you know uh, South Carolina Senator Lindsey Graham, doing something very stupid and recording your conversations in your office. Um. 
and you had an opportunity to review your files before any prosecutors or any, any investigators could come through them and look for anything, would you not see that opportunity to take out any evidence of you doing anything illegal? Right, and they're claiming uh, attorney-client privilege, which, honestly, there's a point at which your, your attorney is bound by the law to make some things available, and they were under a federal warrant that they seized this property. Um, definitely. And, well, here's the thing. With attorney-client privilege is not an actual law. It's something that's just given um, because of the nature of legal matters. If everything you ever did is up for or said to your attorneys up for grabs, it kind of it kind of makes it hard for you to mount a defense against anything. So you have to <laughs> um, you have to take that into account. You know, like that's that's why they, that's that's why it exists. Attorney client privilege exists so that you can you can be open and honest with your attorney. So they know so that to argue. They know they they find that way they have the topics. They know what to try to leave out, what to bring in, that kind of thing, to um, to help win your case or try to win your case. Um, but I, that whole, the whole thing is just weird, and people are blowing out of proportion, I think. I think they just need to let it take its course. I, I believe my final thoughts on it are that um, the federal prosecutors will deny the request, and they mm. will come through the files, and they're going to find what they need to find. There's, there's right. no reason for them to get the files, and then basically say, oh, like you said, yeah, you can look through them and take out anything that you think might be wrong or right. specifically related to the president. Sure. No. No. In this case, the president is not the president. He's a client. Right. Because he is still a citizen. Speaking of clients, Sean Hannity. <laughs> oh, wait. Never mind. He's not a client. Because <laughs> he didn't pay a retainer fee. He just talked to him. On paper, he didn't. He never received an invoice. So. Right. So that, that makes him not a client. Right. But, you know, two weeks at a private villa mm-hmm. um, or... Yeah, because nobody ever heard of the phrase under the table. Right. Mm-hmm. Especially when it comes to a possibly dirty attorney. Mm-hmm. It's, the, the whole thing is a little scandalous. And I'm kind of waiting to see what else comes of it. Uh, but we're going to uh, jump ahead here a little bit. And with that, I want to open another wine. This one's also from Spring Creek. It's a pink Moscato. This one is $3.50. Now, this one is supposed to be light, refreshing, bursting with ripe flavors of tangerine and peach. And we did chill it so that it's nice and cold. Um, Since the Merlot was also pretty true to the label, I have high hopes for this one. Well, I'm not a uh, pink or Moscato fan. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. yeah, I don't really care for sweet wines. It's very a sweet. Whole lot. Lot. I, I, I feel sweet. like you can't drink a whole lot of it. Um, but for our Moscato drinkers, um, it's a it's a good go. We'll we'll see what it tastes like. And it's yeah. pink. It's pink. <laughs> Let's go ahead and pour these up. Let's see what we got going I on. I always here. think that pink wine is going to taste better than white wine. It's like best of both worlds, right? Red and white. No, I don't think so. No, one would hope. Ooh, I can smell the sugar on it already. Ooh, I, mm. I, I, I have, I have low hopes for this now. <laughs> oh, All right. I just smell the calories. Right. Yeah. Mm. Uh-huh. 
Oh, that's like that's sweet. That's, that's like a pink lemonade with Sprite. It's like yeah, it's that's almost exactly what it is. It tastes like like Sprite with no carbonation, but not like a good lemonade though. Like just lemon juice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. What was, what was the description again? Mm, it was I can't even remember. Mm. I remember tangerine, refreshing, bursting with ripe flavors. Mm-hmm. I guess ripe, we're close to. Like Spoiled? I'm getting some strawberry um, and some tangerine and peach is what we should be tasting. Okay, I can get the peach. Yeah. No, I taste. I taste more tangerine. There's than some peach. citrusy in here. Like you can taste the citrus. Is definitely. I can taste tangerine. Mm-hmm. That. I yeah. definitely taste some tangerine going on in there. Some Moscato, <laughs> though, I don't really it's, care for tangerine. too much on the sweet side, and it just, like, kills you. Yeah. This this, this is this almost... Is I mean, it depends on your level of sweetness. Hey, like, right. What's the alcohol content of this one? Um, this one is only 8%. Okay. Okay, okay much yeah. more potable. That's probably why we have, we have a stronger flavor. Right. Because alcohol content mm-hmm. is so much mm-hmm. lower. It's lightly carbonated, as most mm-hmm. Moscatos are. Um, I don't absolutely hate this. Um, now, really? of course, I am not a Moscato drinker, mm-hmm. but I've probably had Moscato in probably about two or three years. But uh, this one's not bad. Clay, what do you think about it? Over the Merlot that we just had, the pink Moscato is definitely um, just one tick better, in my opinion, um, just because I like a lighter wine. I don't like reds. Um, but the, the tannins in the, um, Merlot we just had was not, uh, overly powerful. I just can't handle the tannins, but the, um, this Moscato is also, uh, the issue with Moscatos usually is that it has too much sugar. This one does not have that much of a, of a high sugar content for me, so it's actually quite drinkable. See, I found the opposite. Like, it's, I'm not, I like the Merlot better. I'm more of a, but I'm also more of a red or drier wine drinker. So this, this is, is very sweet. And I'm not, I'm not really, I'm not feeling it. Um, is it cold enough for you guys? Like, I, I, yeah, I think I feel like, I, think, I feel like this would be a good white sangria. Like, really, um, yeah, you could mix I could this see like, mixing it with something else, but as a standalone, just having a glass of wine, I would not say, let yeah. me go get that pink Moscato. Like, three parts wine to one part water, you can mix this in a pitcher with some uh, lemon slices and have, like, a pitcher on the table, like, at a... Uh, a, a dinner in, oh. in summer or something like that like yeah, chill summer, it. definitely summer dinner. this would be this is very summery flavor for me I, I would do um, about two ounces of brandy um, and then about two bottles of this and then mix it with some uh, berries uh, more citrus to highlight that flavor mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and kind of uh, let it sit for a day and then basically bring it out um, chilled um, even sobered over ice because I mean the, the flavors yeah. here are just really wanting to jump out. Uh, like I said, not a fan of Moscato, but I would definitely make a sangria with this. Yeah, yeah, I could, I could definitely, I'd be okay with the sangria. I'd make a sangria with the I other one not, too. I would not drink this. Merlot. Yeah, absolutely. Most of these would be perfect for sangria. I mean, cheap wine, especially whenever you're making sangria, you want to go for a cheap wine anyway because you're mixing mm. a couple different bottles at the same and time. A lot. Yeah, a yeah. Lot so you make like a whole pitcher, like you say, the Carlo Rossi with like the giant jug. It's like um. Like, what, two gallons, almost like one and a half gallons, something like that? Um, I think it's two liters, yeah. Yeah, so if you get um, a couple bottles of those, uh, of whatever type, I don't know if you would mix Merlot and Big Moscato, but um, you get a couple cheap bottles of wine, mix them together, blend mm-hmm. them, you can get different kinds. Um, but usually for 
uh, any kind of like wine drink that's not just straight up wine, like mulled wine or a um, sangria. Uh, cheaper wine's always a better alternative just because you're buying in bulk. Yeah, and it makes more sense. And you're mixing it with things. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not drinking yeah. it solo. Plus, so that, if that it tastes horrible, then you don't have to waste all that money. Yeah, whenever, <laughs> whenever we did mulled wine for Christmas gifts, um, we would basically oh, so uh, go to Aldi, um, or Aldi, and basically buy about eight and ten bottles of the uh, same type of wine. Uh, it was it was a, uh, a red wine. I think it was like Pinot... Or um, maybe also Merlot. Yeah, I think it was like a red blend. Um, But you'd uh, boil that for a little bit and um, get a really good mulled wine. Um, We actually might post a recipe for that in uh, in our uh, Wine Club Sangria um, on our website. You guys can check that out as well. Um, Clay. Yes. I yes, sir. heard that you had a very funny story, okay. and I think yeah. myself and the <laughs> listeners would like to. Uh, oh, I think I've, I've heard a piece of this. So I'm now was... being being forced to tell my my uh, Friday afternoon adventure to the world. Um, yes, <laughs> to the world as it were. Um, okay, so I I work as a uh, freight coordinator for um, a retail store. Uh, no names, no names here. Only name I'm going to mention is a fake name I just made up uh, for my coworker. We're going to call her Katie. Um, uh, so I was my, my job is to go into the stock room and to receive um, FedEx and UPS shipments uh, daily, uh, and to uh, process those, make sure they're uh, scanning correctly, all that stuff. So we had a uh, the. Regular shipment come in um, on Friday afternoon. Uh, we were getting ready for it. I just opened up the door. The uh, The guy came around, um, started unloading the boxes, uh, started to scan them, and my handheld died. So I said, okay, well, we're going to... I was like, oh, no, I need to get a new, uh, new battery. Called over Katie. Um, she came over and uh, gave me a battery and um, hung around for a little while while I was scanning. Uh and then the dude finished uh, putting in all the boxes off of the truck, and then um, I signed for him, and he went to go back, uh, get back in the truck, and um, they usually sit there for, for a couple seconds after they've gotten in the truck to, to leave. Uh, so I'm scanning, scanning, and then one box wouldn't scan, and usually whenever a box doesn't scan, that means that it's uh, usually for, for the store. So rather than just, like, merchandise to be put out on the floor to sell, it's actually um, something to... Uh, go for store use, like for the office, like some sort of um, fixture or something, or like mm-hmm. uh, paper products, you know, for use in the mm-hmm. office. Right. Uh, so I figured it was probably something like that. So I opened it up to figure out what it was, because it wouldn't scan, and it was uh, ladies' lingerie. So I Ooh. don't work in a lingerie so store. Sure. <laughs> I work in a small box retailer uh-huh. uh, where we mainly sell craft craft items, um, fabrics and uh, glue and, so what and wood box? things, so like like craft store. So ladies' lingerie is not a type of thing that we would sell. And like these are not just like regular old lingerie like you'd find in the uh, the ladies section at JC Penny. So no, no sexy like no edible th- this, lingerie. Sort of like on that level, like of oh. like edible lingerie, but like so thin like lace. Didn't you say thin was... thin lacy? Like there were some wigs in this wigs. box. Okay, like there wigs. were all kinds wigs. of. Oh wait, so there, this was a this was for a. Store? Something like, on that order, yeah, like a, a like a kinky something kinky, definitely. <laughs> I was I I kind of like stood there in shock. I was like, mm, we no, no, what do I do? What do I do? So, 
I go on my headset. The first thing I thought, I was like, I have to get the, the guy to come back and put this back on his truck. We cannot have this. <laughs> <laughs> so I go, uh, call Katie over. I was like, you need to come see this. You have to see this before I ship it back. I run outside, uh, flag the dude down as he's about to pull off. And I say, hi, I need you to come back inside and um, get this box. I don't think this goes here. And he's like, what's wrong with it? I was like, it has ladies' underwear in it. Uh, so again, I work at a craft store. He's like, you sure you don't sell those? I was like, I'm pretty <laughs> sure. sure. He comes in. He's it, like, do I have to do more work today? Go with the, do the I have to ship this back? So he um, goes, gets out of the truck, the and we go back into the into the stock room, and he's looking at it, and he says, he's like looking through the box, and he's like, and you're sure you don't sell these? And I'm like, no, we <laughs> we're a craft store. We, you, I mean, like on Halloween, like we sell wigs and stuff like that. Not, mm. not, uh, not ladies' lingerie not things, lingerie. especially when the boxes have like all like mostly new ladies on it. Like, this is definitely so not. Wait, so, wait, I don't do like that sexy nurse. Oh, no. And oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no. That's not our cup of tea. Um, so, yeah, hilarious. he's, so he, uh, puts it back on the truck and then, um, He's like, oh, well, and we looked at the label to see like what was going on with it, and it had the name of the store on the on the box, so we couldn't figure out what was like, who it was supposed to be sent to. Like I was, I was like, Maybe. oh, this probably goes down the street to that that place that's right down here. Um, right. Um, down down the street. I can't name names. I can't right. be like, oh, on this such and such street. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, there was a particular store that I know that is down the street from us that you know might be on his route that he accidentally gave it to us. Might have been on the wrong label. Anyway, um, is that a store that you shop at? No, a store that I've been to, yes. Um, it's been two years since I've been in there, though, if that says anything. So, um, yeah, but he put it back on the truck. And then Katie uh, decided, she was like, why don't you take a picture? I was like, I wanted to get it out of the store immediately. She's like, you should have taken a picture and sent it to our store manager. and been like, why are you sending all kinds of stuff to the store? Ladies lingerie. Ooh, you nasty. Like, I was like, that would have been funny. However... <laughs> <laughs> I could only think of like getting it out of the store now. I would. Like, that would have been. So, yeah. That's my store. I now. definitely would have texted store manager and like take a picture. And, like, what are you ordering? What, I, what yeah, kind I of store you turned this I into? I would have texted it to the store manager with, "I put these out on aisle four. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, oh my god. It, it, it wasn't in the plan of him, but I thought, what the heck, you know? Or, I, or, oh or like, or you'd be like, hey. How does this look on the end caps here? <laughs> yeah. Right. Here. Our uh, clientele is usually like older women over Even fifty. Better. They would have bought that up like oh nobody's business. No. Oh my god. I could just imagine Midlife crisis as many complaints yes, as we get for stuff not being on the shelves and and like customer service, all this stuff like. <laughs> People complain so much. I could imagine the awful, terrible emails they would send to corporate. <laughs> what have you put on this store shelf? Like blah blah blah. Can Nerve you y'all putting this stuff. Oh my said, god! I, I can't imagine people the, the, your clientele using email. No, uh, not at all. But, but, but they, they do. do. They, they do. do. <laughs> they do. These ladies, if they get mad, they go ahead and they put it all. They probably, they're probably they put dictating it to their granddaughter or their oh. grandson. <laughs> um, you know, getting the whole Trump three exclamation points. Um, you know, behind certain phrases. Um, so yeah, that was hilarious, Clay. Thanks for sharing that with us. Um, no, I have a hilarious story. Kind of, kind of hilarious. Kind of short. Um, so. I was doing my spring cleaning 
yesterday. Mm-hmm. And I was, you know, spent like half the day just going around the house, cleaning everything and getting rid of all kinds of stuff. And I was in the kitchen and I just finished wiping down all the countertops and I just got all the, the eyes on the stove soaking and washing the stove down. And I was like, oh, it looks like a whole bunch of stuff spilled out the front. I was The front of the, the, the oven was streaked, the oven door was streaked. So I said, hey, I'm just going to squat down. Oh, my God. And I went to take a, I went, as I was squatting down and wiping, as as I inched lower, I heard like a rip. And it was like an, at first it was like an explosive rip. And then, (laughs) and then like a couple tiny rips. And I, you know, I immediately did like a a pant check because I was wearing my pajamas and they were, they were birthday pajamas for my sister and uh, they were, they were Guardians of the Galaxy pajamas. Well, those are stretchy so so they wouldn't. Yeah, well, I was, I was afraid that I had tore them and I was like, oh my God, am I still gaining weight after dieting and exercise? (laughs) This doesn't make sense. Um, But I had actually ripped my boxers. What? Clean up to the waistband. Listen, I had an entire butt cheek hanging out. Oh my goodness! I was, I, that was it was it was ridiculous. But you know what I did? Finished cleaning. And then <laughs> and with 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 a extra little breeze going up, you know the, yeah. the right butt cheek. I can stand that. Me, if you um, want to be specific, it was the right butt cheek that was hanging out. The whole butt cheek out. <laughs> Exposed <laughs> to the fabric of my pajamas. Mm, how, uh, how'd that feel? <laughs> it was. It, it, I think I now know what it's like to wear a thong because I had that middle seam right there. You know, instead of it stretched out across, you know how boxes have that middle seam going across the butt crack or whatever. So instead of it being stretched across, you know, both cheeks and kind of sitting there, uh, it started to try and tuck itself. Oh, tuck it! Oh, into your butt. <laughs> it oh, was no. trying to tuck. So I think I now have experience with thongs. Wait, you never wore no. a thong? No, I've never worn a thong. Whoa. Right. <laughs> Is this supposed to be news? Like, I mean, I expect, I can't believe you're incredulous that he's never worn a thong. I expect everybody in their life at least have once worn a thong. I have never worn a thong. No. Why do I? Why do I? I don't see the lure of a of a thin piece of fabric going straight up my butt crack. Well, it's not about the fabric going up your butt crack. It's more about what it represents to the viewer. Discomfort? No. Because that's what I'd be feeling, and that's what my face would be giving the viewer. Discomfort. (laughs) (laughs) All right, I'm going to drop this one. (laughs) And move with that, we're going to move right on along, and we're going to go and start looking at our next one here. So I'm going to go ahead and pull out this next one, and our surprise one. Okay, we're switching brands this time, guys. Uh, still from Dollar General. Um, we're moving on to uh, Barefoot. Um, this one is a Chardonnay. Also a California wine. We get a lot of wines from California. Mm-hmm. I'm going to see if we can find some other varieties, too. Well, it's the wine capital of the U.S. And you, you're right, but it'd be nice to have, you know, some other areas or countries. God, don't get New Jersey wine. It's the worst. It's, it's the worst? The worst. Because it's joisy. Joisy. It's joisy. Um, but I would I imagine have, that one from like Kansas would be like the worst. Like, oh, can you grow grapes in exactly. Kansas? Exactly. So, what kind of wine that comes out <laughs> of Kansas would be good? 
if you are from New Jersey, I do apologize. Um, I don't. I'm just no, I'm just not a huge fan. I'm not either. I've um, heard of New Jersey, Jersey wine, wine, and oh my god, <laughs> we're gonna. I'm gonna find something. And we're gonna. We're gonna. We're, right, we're gonna taste test the I'm Jersey wine. I'm gonna find some. If anybody has any uh, wine that they think is good from Jersey, um, definitely give us a shout out. Let us know. Comment um, and, and or message us. Um, on our Facebook and we'll or on our Twitter and we'll definitely um, try and see about getting that for one of our next um, podcasts because I, I definitely want to get get an idea of what these wines taste like. But what we're doing now, we're going on with our Chardonnay, um, Chardonnay here from Barefoot. Now this one, let's see if she has a description. Um, it's a delightful wine with tempting flavors of green apples and peaches, hints mm. of honey. And vanilla enhance the buttery finish. Oh, yeah, I mean, oh. the Chardonnay shouldn't have all that in them. Oh, that sounds like a lot in a yeah. Chardonnay. It's a lot in a glass. Oh. That's, that's a lot of flavors there. Buttery Green finish. apples, peaches, honey, vanilla, butter. Well, 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 I think the butter is supposed to be like, like a good Chardonnay think, should be buttery. Oh, like, I want to say I think it, the buttery means is is an adjective there, not an ingredient. Yeah, no, yeah, no, no, no obviously, <laughs> yeah, like, a good Chardonnay the should be buttery. Apples and the peaches aren't an ingredient either, but yeah. like it's like a. That's what they found in it after they made it. That's what, that's how you make a wine description. Is you have a bunch of tasters come in and say what they think they tasted. Yeah, um, there's not actual ingredients. They don't throw like sugar and spice and everything nice. Yeah, that's all bunkus, right? Like, well, most of it is, but that's what you have. Yeah, like, that's four what or five we tasters. brought it up in our last one. How I mean, they... some of these are actually really descriptive and and like spot on. These last two, the Spring Creek ones. Yeah, they they, they tell you exactly They're what they put like, in it. Perfect, but tempting flavors. All that's I don't know it. what that means. The only thing that's in it is. Grape juice. That's all it is. Like the 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 flavors of peach and stuff like that. That doesn't doesn't mean have the peaches in it. Just like the flavors that. Well, they are, could use a peach cast or something to, to basically let it sit in that has those flavors. Uh, like if if you ever had a wine that has a brandy right. finish, then they use brandy barrels. Right, like, right. To, to, to so you can pull, pull yeah, that okay. alcohol yeah. out of the wood, mm-hmm. essentially. That's, yeah. By the way, that uh, when you're dealing with bourbon. And, and stuff, the things that you put in barrels. Um, when you pull the alcohol out of the barrel, it's called devil's cut. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, because yeah. yeah. it, it evaporates. You can, you can press it. Uh, yes. That's the angels. Angels, angels cut tears. is angels when it, whenever. No, angels cut. Whenever it, it evaporates out of the barrels over time, it's different from devil's cut. Yeah. So. Yeah, devil's, devil's <laughs> cut is when they they extract it right out of the wood. Yeah, yeah. And it is delicious, by the way. Um, but we're tasting wine. Okay, here we go. I'm pouring it up. Chardonnay. Now, one thing about Barefoot, um, I don't normally buy their wines, um, but I'm a huge supporter of the company. Um, They support um, LGBTQ prides around the country. Um, They are also a really... um, I did not know that. They're they're really an interesting company when it comes to conservation Mm -hmm. and a couple of other um, projects that they do. So, um, like I said, I don't buy it a whole lot, but it does um, support a lot of causes that I believe in. So happy to be tasting this one. Yep. Okay. Well, I, think I, I think I saw some Moscato in my glass. Mm. Oh, I hope I saw some Moscato in my glass. <laughs> All right. Um, so I'm not a fan of Chardonnay. No. And this is really, really sweet. This is a very sweet Chardonnay. This is really sweet. I guess I wish I you Are you glasses. dying over there right now? Are you dying? <laughs> I mean, it's a sweet Chardonnay, but like, like I said, I support the company. <laughs> this will usually buy their wines. Why is this I not get sweet? Wait, Christmas. Wait, there's a sticker on here. 
It won gold at the 2012 San Francisco Chronicle Wine Competition. They have that on all of their wines. It's like, how are they all winning so many awards? It's not. It's not the individual wine because the company, they because probably. they win for the gays. Yeah, but he's just from San Francisco. Oh. Okay, I'm, I don't, to, I'm looking for an ABV. It should be on the front. That's why I looked, but it's probably it's around there. eight. Oh, no, it is. This is higher than eight. Mm-mm. This is a uh, thirteen. Thirteen? What? I told you it was higher yeah. than eight. Oh, yeah, holy this is a thirteen. So this thing is fuming. You're I'm get afraid. Knockered off this bad boy. I'm afraid it's gonna like. Evaporate I'm gonna leave this one open because out of the glass. I'm gonna leave this bottle open because we're probably gonna pour a little bit more here because we get into um, a, a topic that's near dear to my heart and I'm very um, passionate about here. What Syria? And no, it's not Syria. <laughs> I said near and dear to my heart. <laughs> Guys, I was just about to spit my wine. <laughs> I'm sorry for that abrupt knock on the table, but I can't even find the legs on this. And they're so wide. They're so wide. <laughs> as wide as the whole class. She oh is tipsy. Fierce. Um, um. <laughs> so we're gonna we're moving on to a topic that I I am very passionate about and I have a lot of issue with and um, not to make Clay a little uncomfortable but it is uh, a topic that deals that centers more towards minorities than um, white Americans and uh, this one it's um, wait are you coming at us a POC because uh, I mean they can't see us wait, they didn't know so, oh I have to come out as a POC yeah oh okay. sorry guys I am of uh, uh, of a minority descent um, African American with a hint of a whole bunch of other things that I don't actually know for sure. Native American. So that I know yeah. for sure, Native American. But there, there's more. I, don't, I, don't. I think there's some Polynesian in you. Oh, Polynesian. I mean, Polynesian. You know. <laughs> yeah. You did go to California. As an adult, me. I don't know how that would. <laughs> I don't know how that relates. Is that a sexual innuendo? Oh, oh yeah, no, yeah. The hand gesture there, kind of. Yeah. Now we gotta cut that out. <laughs> now. What what I want to what I what I want to talk about here is <laughs> sorry what I've titled in my notes here is the unblackening, um, which is not probably an accurate title, um, more of um, not black enough. It's something that a lot of um, what I've noticed a lot of uh, African Americans that that may have grown grown up inner city or may not have may, just been black growing up, um, where you are. Exp- Expected to behave to your stereotype and not be yourself, and uh, it's been a, a a huge issue of mine. And um, Xavier, I wanted to um, before I because I can ramble on for days with this, so I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to defer to you and let you, uh, I want to hear what you have to say on this issue. Well, yeah, Ryan, I think it's a very important topic, and I thank you for bringing it up. Um, one of the things that we recently heard a lot of is uh, not being black enough. Um, so that's what kind of Ryan was alluding to. Um, one of the things that I've heard a lot um, growing up is the um, the direct saying of you're not black enough. Um, you're uh, an Oreo, basically mm-hmm. saying that I'm black on the outside and white on the inside. Mm-hmm. Um, because of my speech patterns, uh, I grew up in, in, in rural Burbank, California, um, which is, you know, it's not very rural at all. Um, but, you know, the, the, I, I've gotten picked on from the way that I spoke um, because people would say, um, more so, you know, teenagers in, in middle school would say that I'm not talking black. 
or that I'm not, um, mm-hmm. you know, somehow I don't sound black. Right. Uh, I've also gotten the, um, from time to time, where people have said, well, you're not um, black because you don't say certain words, um, and just kind of along those lines. So definitely understand the topic a little bit, um, where you're perceived not to be a race, because you do certain things, you you don't you talk proper or you don't say certain slang words, um, and I relate it to my upbringing. Um, but there are people that uh, in the African American community um, that judge me on on those things alone. Um, that I'm not you know a certain thing because I do date white people. Um, I've dated you know many races. But it's not about who you date or who you love, um, more so about what they perceive as being a certain thing. Right. I, I don't understand what sounding black is. I don't understand what talking black is. I I don't know if because I I want to respectfully like decline to to have an opinion on this topic. But when you say you you don't know what it means to talk black or to sound black. Um, let me just state that I am white, and I am dating a person of color. Wait, you're white? <laughs> oh, that's shocker, right? I don't um, see color. <laughs> I don't I'm see, a I don't I don't see, see color. color. I don't no. see color. Um, I am a little bit apprehensive to talk about uh, black issues just because I am white, and I feel like whenever I speak about those things that I can be... Um, I can put myself into a situation where I can't I can't dig myself out of like I can be speaking just normally I can just talk about um, talk about things that uh, are pretty natural and then accidentally work myself into a hole that I can't get out of or something I like, <laughs> I mean these two especially will set upon me <laughs> I've seen it happen I saw it last night at dinner like this always happens me. Never oh come on so you? so I will. I, I just want to just to, to, to really quickly the um you were saying you don't know what it is to uh, to sound black like you don't understand that um, not that I'm saying this as a white person but the to sound black I think is uh, a construct of our our society that um, puts a label on what it means to to sound black or to sound white or to sound to have a, a certain um, way aspect of, of yourself, a way of speaking. So I would say to sound black would be to use certain words uh, like uh, certain, I guess, slang words like axe instead of ask. Or really slang there. That's just that's more of a speech impediment. It's more southernism. Like to, to cut a word. I definitely have heard it more in the south, but that's just that's just the inability to pronounce words correctly. Well, I mean, it's it's also it's a it's an educational thing too, where you're. Well, where yeah. It's Wait. it's I, I I won't I won't argue that it's it's not a southern thing, because um, I definitely do hear it in the south a lot, um, but you hear you hear it all over, um, but there is there is a certain stigma attached to. Um, people in the black community who have a certain speech pattern that they they do have a way of speaking that is classified as black. Um, nothing nothing wrong with that. Nothing at all. Just saying that that I feel is a fact. 
My issue, and I, you know, I, I can understand that. My my issue is the majority of that kind of talk comes from the black community to other people within the black community. So I, I was when I was working in fast food, I was still in college. I was working on my degree. I was working in fast food, and I was told by another African American employee there that flat out that I was not black. And I, I get really defensive more so from well I get it I get it more so from uh, more defensive more so from the black community when they say that to me than people of other ethnicities. Because I can chalk it up to some level of ignorance to other community to other ethnicities yeah absolutely because they don't they're they're going off of what they've what they've read or heard or heard through some kind of word of mouth or grapevine or what have you so I can chalk I can chalk that up to some kind of some some form of ignorance um and it's not as offensive um but when it comes to someone within the black community especially in you know in my case like I was raised to defy all statistics mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know yeah, don't, you don't want to be a number. You don't don't be a number. Don't don't go to jail. You know, don't have, you know, 13 kids out of wedlock. Obviously that was an exaggeration. But don't, you know, I mean there are some. For, yeah, there are some. <laughs> but you know, don't don't go around having a bunch of kids that you can't you can't afford to take care of. Don't um, you know, go to school. Get a good education. Yeah, don't learn yourself to the scapegoat to the stigma. Don't don't, don't literally be a part of literally. Like something bad. There was a campaign going on when we were growing up. Was don't be a statistic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was it was yes you may you may come from a poor area. I grew up very very poor. Mother on government assistance, working in fast food initially. You know when I was in my younger years, um, and you know like you know staying in what the South calls projects. Um, and it was, I was always ingrained in me, you know, go to school, learn, be better and do better, you know, get, get an education, go to college, get that degree, get out of the projects, get out of the ghetto. Right. But not only and do better. And then when you do that though, and my issue is this is, here's my issue. When you do that, it's almost as if the black community that is still in that position. Yes. Then turns on you. They promote, they, for, they push you. To be better than what they did or what some of the, uh, or what they see in their area and where they live, and once you do that, once you follow their guidance and 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 do more, be better, move out, get away, then they shun you, and it makes it makes absolutely no sense to me. And literally, when she when that that coworker told me that, I immediately got offensive, and I was talking, we're in a fast food restaurant, Offended. and I. What did I say? Offensive. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> how, yeah, many, how many glasses have we used? That's what I've had a few. I've had a few. It only goes downhill from here, yes. people. <laughs> Get ready. It's a slippery slope. But um, um, you're right. But, but like, it, look it, at the it things makes that you've me done. so mad. Look at the things that you've done. You've been to Norway. You've been to Mexico in your adult life. Yes. You know, these are things I've that... I've traveled along the southern half of the U.S. border. Like, from South Carolina to San Diego, you know, like I've gone all the way across there. I've seen things that a lot of people where I grew up will never see. They never leave their hometown. Right. My mother has only left the state uh, before my sister went to college. She had only left the state one time. She went on a cruise. 
one time. It was the only time she'd ever left the state until my sister. I had a baby sister that went to school in Florida. Mm-hmm. And when she went to school, that's when my mother actually started venturing out of the state and going to see. But it was only going to see her. It was a one-way trip. She didn't stop and stay somewhere else and had an exploration or anything like that. She literally got in her car, drove all the way to Florida, visited my sister, drove from Florida, all the way back up. That was it. So, I mean, and, and, and there are tons of people like that. And, I mean, yes, I get it. It's in a lot of states. There are a plethora of people in, in especially more rural states that don't travel a whole lot outside of their states or bigger states. You know, they don't, they don't travel a whole lot out of those states. And I get that. But, like, they, I did all these things that, they, that I was pushed to do. You know, I got a good education. I'm well-spoken. I've, <laughs> I've well-traveled. I, I do all these things. I have a nice job, comfy job, great benefits, great pay. Like, I enjoy I it. I mean, you had a really... Um, I, I, I served in the military. Yeah, I did yeah, that. Military I, met, I met people of all kinds of different cultures and, and embraced it. And, you know, and just absolutely added, had had their, their added, you know, their wealth of knowledge of their culture, their environment, everything to my life. You know, and, and, and mm-hmm. developed a better person. And became, I feel like I became a better person because of those experiences. But then when I finally got out, decided to go to college, got a small part-time job while I was going to college, and now I'm being chastised for what is what I consider and what, what we would have considered uh, growing up as achievements. I got chastised for it because now I, I all of a sudden can't relate to the black community. And I think it's because we don't, we're, so, we're so... Like, there's... there's I don't know, this, I'm really passionate about this, and there's so many different types of black people. You know, like that's the 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 the, the stereotype is the the ghetto, you know, black guy, the thug. The, the thug, thug. You know, yeah. and it, we're not all. It, most black people are not like that. You know, you escape the city, and you will see a much larger variety. I mean, even within the city, yeah. you got your you got your professionals, your farmers, your entrepreneurs, you know, all kinds of just great people doing great things that, to add to our economy and help build our country, but they're the ones a lot of times that are being almost casted out of and I just don't, it just doesn't make sense that, um, it doesn't make sense that we push we push our youth to do better, and then the second they do, we tear we try to tear them down. Mm-hmm. It makes absolutely. No and sense I want to make me. a statement: like my parents or grandparents um, have never said that I'm not black enough. Uh, it's mm-hmm. never come from my family. Oh God, no. Um, but I will say I will agree with Ryan. Most of the I would consider the haters um, are within the African American community, and I just feel like that's not a place where we should be tearing people down. That's a place where we should be, you know, building community and enriching um, those lives and asking them to come back, you know, to the community and, and speak about their travels, like Ryan's right. going to Norway, the Mexico, um, because, I mean, a lot of the African-Americans in the area um, where I spent most of my um, my teenage years and my, my young adult life, um, you know, w- it was in South Carolina. I moved across the country from California to South Carolina, stopping for a little, you know, two-year pit stop in Louisiana and CrossFit, Arkansas. Um, but, I mean, mm-hmm. you guys know, you know, I've, I've come back with stories mm-hmm. of basically um, people saying, uh, and this is Caucasians, uh, when I was in high school, um, oh, Xavier, you're not black. Um, right. You're, you know, you're, you're, um, you're white on the inside. Um, they used to call me uh, Betty White. Betty White? Betty, Betty white. white. Yeah, because white. I was basically uh, um, this, this great old white old lady on the inside. Um, because well, I, I, I what? 
<laughs> what clay? <laughs> he might be a green. He might be a green. Um, you'd call me hyacinth. Hyacinth bouquet. Yeah, from the great British uh, BBC series, uh, Keeping Up Appearances. But, I mean, but it, it's a real thing. And like I said, when it comes from people of other ethnicities, I can, I can, I don't get as upset about it. It doesn't frustrate me as much because it, you have preconceived notions based on statistics on, uh, not statistics, I'm sorry, uh, stereotypes, stereotypes. Well, of and, other ethnicities. And the media, you know, whenever you see um, a, uh, sometimes, I won't say whenever because it's gotten a lot better recently. Yeah. Um, but... You do see African American, African, oh wow, African Americans. <laughs> the wine's kicking The Chardonnay up. caught up my tongue quicker than my. We still got one more bottle to go. Too. I'm not drinking <laughs> that whole bottle. Um, no, we got to start on the next one too. But you know, a lot of uh, the portrayals of African Americans um, has been, you know, um, in jail, um, speaking a certain mm-hmm. vernacular. Right. Um, you know, being yeah. being a certain a type of person using know, the, the word vernacular. What? Oh, because I I have been chastised just for using what so quote unquote big words. Okay, so uh, like words my, that people people of color shouldn't shouldn't be yeah, using because they're people of color a, they should be a, using a smaller vocabulary. Yeah, it seemed like it's a foreign word because it's be, when you have an expansive vocabulary. And I'm not saying I have an expansive vocabulary, but I I know I know some words. Yeah, I mean they're and, college educated. Yeah, a, and so so university. I'm able to better describe things I would say than someone uh, lesser educated in the conventional sense I won't say because I, I hate the term I hate the term undereducated or, or, or uneducated because can we say mal like malnutrition mal- no because education you can't even speak right malnourished now. I got the word out <laughs> <laughs> but no I don't like the word I don't like the word uneducated when you're talking to no I'm saying maleducated 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 sounds even worse that's not a word but, um, it's a word when I say it's a word I mean I'm Mary Webster's not picking that up, but um, I'll call them. I <laughs> know. <laughs> I'm sorry. That is no, have to be published them. first. Yeah. <laughs> no, like, like, I just, when it comes to when it comes to things like this, it's almost like if you know a better way to describe something because because you know what synonyms and anonyms are. Oh, my grandfather during the summers would put a thesaurus in front of me. Yeah, I mean, but but it's it's weird because if you you can't describe one thing. I mean. It's like if something is big, and instead of you saying really big or huge, you say expansive. Right. Then now you're using a big word. Are you like, saying white? What language? is a big word? Like I okay. First of all, that's another topic that big, I absolutely big words. Someone's like, oh, why are you using all them big words? The excuse what? me. Yeah. No, I'm using my vocabulary. Uh, I'm not speaking German. I'm not using compound words. Right. Uh, you know, like, like where Germans would be like. Oh, we have a washing machine. Oh, no, I'm sorry. We have something that washes and machine. Let's put those two words together for those two separate items, and now we have one word. Oh, it's automatic. Let's add automatic to the end. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I, big words to me, yeah, in German, yeah, there are some big words. Yes. But these are, it's, it's, it's... It's part of our language. It's part of our language. These are, these are known words. They're, just, they're not... I mean, I don't know if I if part of this this is a this is a bigger issue, and um, I really want to get into I can. There's more about We're it. We're actually going to dig delays. more into this on Juneteenth. Juneteenth, yes. Uh, on, and if, for those who don't know, Juneteenth. Let him look it up. Let him find it. Uh, okay. Let okay. Him, I'm not going to say anything, it. but we're going to have a special Juneteenth episode again. June's not for what month are we in? April. 
Oh yeah, we just missed so we got two months. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'd be forced less, to uh, to a less than two yeah. months. Like we got like a, a, a for this month and a week uh, before we get to June. But so um, like six episodes. But it, there's there's more I want to delve into. That might be a longer episode because there's a lot I want to dig into on that. But over the overarching thing he premise here is that we. I feel like we, as a, as a, as the, when I say we, I mean, I'm, I'm, in this moment, I'm talking about the black community. We do a disservice to ourselves to see other black men and women who are doing phenomenal, whether it's charity, whether it's entrepreneurship, whether it's a uh, private business, and then just climbing the corporate ladder. We do a disservice by immediately discredit them in a sense that saying that they're no longer a part of us. They're no longer associated yeah. with us. When we should be embracing them yeah. and saying, this is what we are capable of. Absolutely. Because and in the grand scheme of things, there are not that many of them no. at all either. No. You see that there's some, like, uh, certain black people you can know off the top of your head right now who are active in the black community to, to advance. Um, I want to go N- NAACP. To uh, to go and uh, it's a color <laughs> to, to plays a card holder. Oh, one, okay. I've been like I've been bogarting the uh, the pink Moscato for most of the podcast so far. Um, since we opened it, to uh, to uh, help people of color. <laughs> in many different aspects, in many different aspects uh, of yes. life, and, and the societal struggles they have to go yes. to, raising money for different charities, things like right. that. Beyonce, Beyonce uh, was actually before before the whole Super Bowl thing with formation stuff. Actually, there was a thing uh, going across the internet. People were were coming after when Black Lives Matter first started really getting big and stuff. Yeah, they, they people were uh, essentially attacking her, saying she's not doing enough for the black community. This that they're kind of find out. They've been privately she and Jay-Z funding. Have I've been secretly like. Not secretly, anonymously. Privately. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, donating to all yeah. these huge campaigns that are doing things for, to, to help uplift African HIV community. prevention. That's great, but there yeah. are so few of them, so few people of color who are actually trying to help boost other people of color. Right. Because it's... Well, uh, just, in, the, in the sense that there's so few people of color that yeah, are actually, actually in that able. position. Yeah. Yeah. There are so... It's, it's just, you know... That people who are knocking them down are pe- other people of color, and so right. it's it's like you know, it's black just, on black crime essentially. So uh, we're going to have to say that for a later date because uh, we got to keep this moving. Because I'm, I'm sure our viewers don't want to listen to us ramble for two hours drunkenly. I mean, they might drunk ramble sometimes. It's hilarious. We'll do the outtakes. Yeah, let's go ahead and uh, open our last wine. How about that? All right, I'll finish my merlot. Yeah, go ahead. All right, we're gonna wait. Okay, I want him down this kind of chuck, chuck, chuck. Chug, chug, chug. Hey, we're like, we're like, oh my god, you see that spike? We're we're like freaking uh, frat boys up in here with the wine. Yes, we are wine. um, We're not um, how you'd say wine connoisseurs. We are wine enthusiasts. Yes, because we like to drink. Yeah, drink. Um, Yes. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to move on to our last wine. It's another barefoot. Okay. Wait, Uh, wait. Two barefoots in one episode. Yes, ma'am. (laughs) Yeah. All right, you had me with the uh, pink Moscato. What are you talking about now? The this Moscato time we're going with a uh, Chardonnay. Was Pinot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The last one was a. It was a Chardon, the Chardon, Chardonnay. Who's the pink Moscato by? The Moscato was by Spring, Spring Creek. Creek. Oh, so we had two Spring Creeks and now two Barefoots. It's not two Barefoots. Okay, yes, okay. Yeah, two because Spring. okay, so 
I picked two different wines this time. So next time, next episode, guys, let me know if this if you think this is a good idea. But I'm going to hit a couple different stores and grab a wine from different stores. Yeah. And put a, a little bit more of a variety on it and see what Walmart has and maybe go back to Rite Aid. Like I said, we're, we're doing cheap wines. Cheap wines because we know we want to save a dollar here. You can drink well uh-huh. and not spend. Okay, you can drink. You can drink okay. <laughs> and, and save some money. You don't need to spend thirty, forty dollars a bottle on wine mm-hmm. when you can get the same flavor, the same, you know, effect, yes. effect, and the, the same, the same level of, of delicious mm-hmm. for five dollars. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, yes, you can. Uh, <laughs> you don't. You can drink from the well. <laughs> yes. But you don't have to walk a mile. <laughs> Let's pour the wine. <laughs> Let's as, you can say, as you can tell, fourth bottle of wine, things get a little bit interesting at the end of the show. Yes. Um, so, you know, always listen to the whole show. But if you want to get great uh, information, uh, fast forward, you know, right now, I don't know how long we are in. But fast forward to the One last hour the- and ten minutes in. You're not supposed to tell them. You're not no. supposed to tell them what hour. Because what about count. edits? Yeah, they we're gonna count. edit, and then it's gonna be shorter than that. Oh, probably. Yeah. Yeah. We have to edit all your parts out. Uh, oh god. <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll bleep the time out. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll bleep we'll bleep the time oh, out on the way he said that. No, we won't. Because no, we won't. But we're gonna go ahead and pour this Pinot Grigio. Before I pour it, though, I do want to read what its notes are. We have uh, refreshing wine with bright aromas and flavors <laughs> of. Citrus <laughs> and fresh green apple. Wait, that's wait, a, wait! That's Didn't the Chardonnay have? Let's say, let's pull that Chardonnay up. A delightful wine with tempting flavors of green apples and peaches. Hints of honey and vanilla enhance this buttery finish. That was the Chardonnay we just tasted. So, so I don't see any citrus in here. Well, but. Wait, which, which type of orange did you, did you have an orange in Tangerine, here? No, that's uh, the no. spring. Oh, okay, the tangerine was the pink Moscato from oh, spring. Oh, I haven't tasted any of the flavors that, that, that Barefoot has said is in their wine. So <laughs> uh, they said it was buttery. They lied. Uh, no, I tasted some of that, like in the uh, in the Chardonnay. And again, we mean buttery as an adjective. We didn't. We kind of skipped into the topic too. Uh, when we started on the uh, Chardonnay, we didn't really go into depth on the on the taste. Oh, that's my fault. But yeah, sure, whatever. All right, on to the Pinot. Now we're gonna, we're gonna go ahead and pour this Pinot. Like and Lady see Gaga song, what, uh, uh, Pinot Girls. Oh, the Pinot is uh, a gold 2014 Finger Lakes International Wine Competition. Yes. Yeah, that doesn't mean anything to me. I don't know what that means, but we're gonna go ahead and. Uh, like I said, barefoot. I still love you uh, because of all the the. Uh, Why is it bubbling? Um, yes. Oh, it is slightly carbonated. Looks like. I am slightly making a mess. Only slightly. Down the, down the side. Alright, right. Half of that okay. went to my glass. <laughs> mm, this one also smells kind of sweet. But, uh, oh, this one smells like You can smell the sweetness. Gasoline. Oh, God. I smell musk. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting some musk. So, all right, so it's this wine has musketing. A uh, no, no, see what I no, went there? no, no. This wine Different has kind a, of wine. aromas of Old Spice. Oh, no, no, just old. <laughs> okay, all right. Mmm. Mm-hmm. 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 Wow, that is 
Uh huh. Yeah, um, that's that, something. Yeah, that is. It is. Oh, why does it taste? That tastes. It tastes like a generic white wine. It tastes like um, boiled sock, dirty sock water. Like no, it doesn't. Socks. No, no, mm-hmm. no. The mm-hmm. back end. The back end is some definitely dirty sock water. Mm-hmm. This is. Do you know what this is? This is salty bath water. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> salty bath. Salty. <laughs> And sweet too for yes, some reason. For some reason, it's which un- makes you question life itself. Yeah. Well, it's, no, you threw a bath. It's unsettlingly you threw one sweet. Of those, one of those man bombs. One of those man bath bombs shaped like a grenade. Oh and yes. Have a little bit of sugar in your bath water. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not sugar in your yeah. tank. It's, it's not dry. Out. It has no dryness to mm-hmm. it, really. It's Nothing little, to balance that. Kind of like um, I like. I, I'm gonna name this flavor. Taint juice. Taint juice. <laughs> oh, that's okay. Bad. All right. So, oh, that's sad. I don't agree with that remark. Can we go <laughs> back to the flavors? I can't say it's got on Chris yes, says. Go back over the flavors. Is taint juice on there? No, it's not. <laughs> it's a crisp and refreshing wine with bright aromas and flavors of I mean, citrus the aromas and fresh green apple. Hints of jasmine complement a bright, delicate, flavorful finish. I ain't got no jasmine to back up. Uh, uh, there, uh, jasmine is very uh, floral. It's a very floral like taste. Yeah, coriander. Well, no, coriander is way more floral than jasmine. But jasmine, coriander have, has a has a uh, stronger floral floral taste to it, or floral notes. I don't taste <laughs> no, any floral, jasmine. Floral, 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 floral. What is the ABV on this bad boy? Oh. Okay, can we vote? Can we say uh, no? We're not voting yet. Um, there's not an ABV on her. Let's see. The 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 bottom right. Oh, here we go. I found it. It's on the back on this one. Twelve point five. And again with the high alcohol wines. I don't. I don't. I think. I think that's a trend of cheap wines because you know what I think they do. The good wine uh, gets cut off the top. And it's sold as, you know, your high-end, high-dollar, $100 bottle, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And then the rest is your Barefoots and your Oof. Spring Creeks and your now, Dark Horses. Now, I gotta horses. say, this Pink Moscato from Spring Creek was, like, my absolute favorite. I will and the, say... the Merlot was a, was a runner-up. Yeah, this, this, uh, this Pinot, and again, I may be a little biased because I don't like white wines, but this is... Not good. <laughs> no, no, it is not. Yeah, I was oh. going to say not good, but uh, a little more eloquently. Um, yes, that's oh. another big word. Um, but yeah, I think um, not good is is fair. It's better I think, than the I think Chardonnay, okay. though. I can definitely say it's better than the Chardonnay. What I want, what I wonder is if it's got this, if it won this gold medal or gold star or what have you. It's a lot. What were the other? What did the other wines that it competed against taste like? Oh, um, yeah. Those were made in the um, San Bernardino County Gel. Um, and, and what were they mashing the grapes with? Their butt cracks. You don't mash oh, no. grapes. You just put some bread in there uh, and some ketchup. And I thought <laughs> I was mean. Y'all are being <laughs> real mean. Ketchup. Bread and ketchup. It's okay. We're not sponsored. <laughs> uh, but if you'd like to sponsor an episode, uh, you can have all of our contact information underneath the blurb on uh, SoundCloud. Um, all of our um, casts are available for free on SoundCloud, um, as well as from our website. Um, nice uh, uh, little uh, marketing spot there. Oh, that's what um, I do. We're going to keep moving um, with yeah, this flavor here. That's right, so we keep talking crap about wine. Well, we, they know I'm the wine's keep... shit. Okay, everybody, let's, let's talk. Let's talk. Uh, you, uh, we only get two. 
Okay, and all you right. just used a, you used one, but an hour in. I mean, that's pretty good. For Again, us. you told the time we're gonna be editing. This may not be an hour in. Well, they'll figure it. Time out. will tell. <laughs> Tale is old as so time. The next, is what I've been told. next uh, talking and topic. song is old as rhyme. Tale is old as time. <laughs> Rising in the east. Rising in the east. That's not how the song goes. <laughs> we don't. We don't. We've been drinking. Okay, <laughs> I don't want Dizzy Four to sue me. <laughs> I have to break it up. All right. So, Ryan, what are we talking about now? What is this parallel? Before with? we, before we, we get into our next topic, I want to everybody just to take a good whiff of this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And here's what I want. I'm going to give you a. I'm going to give you a vision here. Okay. You ready for it? Uh huh. Yeah. Go ahead. Three hours. Three hours of sniffing this? It's our time. No, it's, oh. it's the time period I'm giving you. That's what you take back. Three hours. Uh-huh. Harry bodybuilder armpit. No. Why? <laughs> Why? But it's okay. Why? It's okay. He was using Old Spice. Oh. <laughs> it doesn't smell like Old Spice to me. It, just it smells like, like, like spent Old Spice, all right? It's like after like, it's over and no. done. But can I you not visualize? Yes. I just can don't visualize yes. a bodybuilder. Makes three wanna, hours. Makes you want a hairy armpit. Three hours, hairy armpit. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Uh, the visualizations. There. It just smells you, like you did. somebody. Now, now, who can give me a visualization for the taste? Visualization. 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 There we go. So close your eyes. Okay, I'm closing my eyes. I'm taking a sip. Hold on. I'm holding my mouth. Mm-hmm. 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 All right, hold it there. Mm-hmm. Imagine listening to a Pink Floyd album, mm-hmm. and a person walks in, mm-hmm. just listening to your Pink Floyd album, mm-hmm. your mouth's open for some reason, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, mm-hmm. suddenly, mm-hmm. a nice hairy bodybuilder puts his armpit in your mouth. Oh. That'd be a feat. No, I see. Mm, I don't quite get Harry. You don't, I don't know why y'all are thinking get, like somebody's get, sticking their hairiness, like their 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 sweaty bodybuilder masculine <laughs> inside your mouth. Wait, I don't get any of that. I don't taste that. I don't taste that because I think I think salty and gross. Um, so what I yeah, I'm not getting any any of that. I'm getting. I'm still getting the um, uh, boiled um, gym socks. Taste. No, see, here's what I would have gotten. Mm. Here's what I'm thinking. Here's what I'm thinking. You're at a bar. You're having a good time with your friends. You go to the bar. It's time to do shots, right? You, you But you're balling on a budget at the bar, so you got to do jello shots. Oh, no. Here's what I'm thinking. They're running low. They're looking for it. They go to the back. They pull out mm, month Old green apple jello shots. Oh, oh my no. god. You know, That's what I'm thinking right now. That's what I'm thinking. That's what you think. Take another taste. I think this. Okay, one more taste. Oh god. Um, <laughs> old green apple jello shot is 100. That's the flavor. <laughs> no, you know what this is? This is. <laughs> this is. You're going to a. A fundraiser. Some sort of event. Is it black tie? Is it black tie? No, it's just like um, an after work thing. It's okay. like, All right, it's after like work, at casual. like, 
it's at like six or seven o'clock. Mm-hmm. Just got off People work. just got off work. You yeah. Know? Mm-hmm. yeah. It's a fundraiser for the I don't know the school district, something like that. It's okay. Like a, a convention are center. Are these children? Like, do they have? These a, are. It's just raising money for the community for like some sort of project. Oh, project. Um, yes. You're walking Ooh. in and they've got like a silent auction thing, and then there's like the little bar that yeah. they've got. You know, all the different like beers and stuff, whatever. Uh-huh. It's small little bar, whatever, okay. just to keep you know people libated, whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you walk up and you're like, "Oh, what kind of wines do you have? Oh, we've got a white wine. Yeah, okay. This okay. is the uh, this is the Pinot Grigio. Yeah, oh, oh, we're gonna try that. Okay. And it's like, yeah, you're sipping your Pinot Grigio while you're walking around the silent auction, looking at like mm-hmm. little things that kids have made mm-hmm. that are all like you know things they made in their school mm-hmm. that are like, oh god, awful. They're just all ashtrays. Um, oh, oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, and then the I don't know, like like it just seems like some sort of like public function, like budget wine. Public function budget wine. That is a beautiful description of this function budget wine. Because you know the city's got the city's got a ball on a budget. The city's got a ball. So if you're city officials, you got you, you should be listening to this podcast because we're telling you what you need. Um, <laughs> and during that story, I also guys. polished off the rest of that Merlot because this Pinot Grigio is a no. And then um, and then Clay mixed my um, my glass with Chardonnay. <laughs> and Not Chardonnay. No, no. I gave I gave you the rest of my Pinot. I had just had. Chardonnay. Chardonnay oh, <laughs> oh, I thought that was Marpino. No. Oh. Uh, well, oops. Now you got Chardonnay. Okay, we, we just spent 10 minutes talking about this this terrible wine. Oh, um, it's, listen, well, it's the, the bad thing it's worth it. The bad ones get the best, the, the, get the, the most representation. Yes. <laughs> the best, so the best try and the worst. Our bad wines. We're going to list all these on the website. Yeah, we're going to put it. We're going to post prices them. And where they came yes, from. Absolutely. Prices. Um, locations and where to find them. So make some places over you can shop online now. I think Dollar General uh, last year started up a good uh, online um, program where you can buy. So you can. I don't. I don't know if they ship the alcohol to you, but give it a shot. See what happens. I don't know. I think it's actually illegal for it, the USPS it, to ship alcohol. It may be. It's not. I don't know. I have no clue. No, it can't be because they they have like boxed. Things that yeah, you know, my, internet-based companies my, that well, see you. Google it. My one shop, shop at home ships via UPS. This is, there's a bourbon place that does that too yeah. now. Um, but I don't, I don't know. You know, know what? We're you not what? lawyers or um, dietitians. No. Or um, uh, any of those things that have anything to do with alcohol. We yeah. just like to drink. Uh, so, yeah, we know the law about drinking inside. In, inside, yeah, cause, yeah. Yes, we are all of age. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Um, yes, sir. So we're gonna go ahead and move on to our final topic. Then something we all like to talk about and want to envision for our future. It's gonna be self-driving cars. Oh, I love um, a self-driving so car. A lot of things have happened in the last like six. We will say six months yeah. um, uh, with self-driving cars. The most notable thing recently. Two two most notable things recently involve Uber and Google. Uh, more so Uber than Google, but uh, Google sued Uber earlier this year, or well, from last year, it carries a carryover, um, because they said that Uber stole some technology from them about self-driving cars. They did. The original, the the original CEO had to step down, you know, because he's a sexist. But um, the new CEO was like, "We didn't do this." Blah blah blah. They challenged him in court. Couldn't find out the guy that they hired from Google. 
kind of took some documents with him to Uber, and they did. So now Uber has to, like, um, Uber had to give up a portion. Basically, I'm going to sum it up. Basically, Google owns a portion of Uber now. So um, uh, that happened. And then recently, I think within the last, like, three months, um, Uber had been testing their self-driving cars. And, you know, when they do these self-driving cars uh, on testing on live on live roads, they have a driver in the driver's seat so that in case something happens, they can take take control. Well, they kind of hit someone and killed them, um, which sparked a whole debate about um, do we really want self-driving cars? Are they really as good as we think they are? Um the the I think it was in New Mexico and they completely shut down their the Uber's uh, allowance to use the, the 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 actual roads for self for self driving cars. Uh, there's a whole lot of to do with that. Um, what I really want to pick up with on on the self driving car issue first, I want to defer to you guys about what of uh, one topic first. I want to go to about the the the, the incident of the woman getting hit uh, because it was at night. Um, just, just to give you guys some um, specifics on the situation, it was at night. The, if I remember correctly, it was at night. The car. Let was, me just correct you real fast. Correct, it was please. Arizona. Arizona. Arizona okay, not, not New Mexico. Um, Arizona. Yeah. Okay, so um, if I if I remember correctly, it was at night. Uh, the woman was getting ready across the street. The, the car didn't sense her, and also the driver was not paying attention at all. So I want to I want to hear, and then I want to hear. What I want to hear from you guys is, on this specific piece of it is, um, what you think? How you? What do you think about self-driving cars going forward and the government's reaction to the incident? Oh, Ryan, I think it's a great topic that you brought up. Um, in my personal opinion, um, self-driving cars are the future that we need to be looking mm-hmm. at, mm-hmm. and I don't mean partial self-driving where. You have a human behind a physical steering wheel. Uh-huh. I mean, fully automated self-driving, and and people will think I'm crazy by basically handing over right. our our roads to, to you know computers. Uh, to, to, to computers. Um, so let me do some backtracking first. Um, Uber's incident was absolutely traumatic. Um, my thoughts and uh, prayers go out to the family of that uh, incident. Um, this but, one is disgusting. Sorry. I know it's bad. Um, but the the incident was not for fault. No, it was complete fault of oh. Uber. Um, because what they implemented was awful. a bastardized version of the LiDAR technology that Waymo slash Google owned company um, has been pioneering for years. Um, LiDAR is one of the most expensive um, pieces of equipment that you can outfit a self-driving car with. Um, Waymo has purchased several hundred LiDARs over the years, and their main mission was to make it uh, economical for them to use on multiple thousands of vehicles. Right. So Google sized down, they redeveloped, and they basically came to a... Um, a globe on top of the vehicle that was absolutely able to be used um, in all versions of weather. Um, it even has its own automated um, uh, cleaning system 
um, so that there's not a, 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 a right, right. A, they they, a they, they put, they put like windshield wipers on it. Yeah, and things, so right? it, even it can sense um, bird droppings and basically Wonderful. clean the car. You know, can, clean the lumbar. Side note, I hate to interrupt. Side note, that bird droppings gave me a flashback. Okay, um, so this is this is back in the day. This uh, this is probably like 2000, and I'm gonna say 11 or 12. Uh, I'm actually yeah, actually closer to 12 or 13. Um, me, my best friend, and the whole wide world, we're we're going to somewhere. I don't, I don't remember now at this point. But we're driving on the road. This tiny little bird, right, cuts us off. And by cuts, I mean fly in front in front of my windshield, just high enough in front of my windshield. But the car start my my car startles it. It then releases its poo. Oh my god! <laughs> this little bird, which is probably no more than I'm gonna guess, like like it's smaller. What, than are, we, what are we saying? Like maybe a baseball. Okay, maybe, okay, well I'll go a little bit bigger and say softball size okay. bird. Okay. Um, okay. Proceeded to poo across my entire. Windshield, the whole span, the whole windshield. That that's a pretty big windshield. And for it's those a, who don't know, it's a Jeep. For those who don't know, I drive a Jeep Grand Cherokee. That's a big windshield. It covered my entire windshield. My initial response what car was, though, "Doesn't have a big windshield." Why? Almost five screws. Why? And and my best friend's over here laughing his tail off at my expression, seeing the poop. Covered across the entire windshield, like it made no sense that a bird that small was it like a produce? Was it like a, no, 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 no? I could not see anymore. Oh so it just like completely covered. it completely covered my windshield. So not like not like uh, somebody with like a ketchup no, bottle. And no, like, <laughs> no, it wasn't. It wasn't your normal size bird poop because you know if, you, if it normal size bird poop is like a little and then it, it kind of drags up the windshield while you've uh, been driving. Yeah. No, it covered. I had to turn on the windshield wipers. The, the, and spray my the washer fluid oh, yeah. to see to drive. Wow. <laughs> wow. It was absolutely <laughs> horrifying. Well, back on topic, <laughs> the Waymo does that automatically. <laughs> um, so when we're talking about this incident with um, Uber, um, the original Google LiDAR system that Waymo uh, um, utilizes uh, almost specifically um, is uh, it can see a football field in front of it and a football field to the rear. Um, the Google Waymo vehicles also have uh, about six um, other sensors on um, different parts of the vehicle to judge distance and other and other issues. The, the, the problem that I have with Uber's test vehicles is that they still have the ability for a driver to take over. That uh-huh. is not a self-driving car. That is a self-driving car assisted Um Google has tried with self-driving cars that are assisted by a human, and um, they, the calculations come out to about six times out of ten, the human makes the incorrect decision and basically makes a, uh, a mistake. Well, now, in, this, me, in me, this incident, though, that was in Arizona... Here. Well, go ahead, um, well uh, I think we're, we're going on the same, on the same route, uh, Clay, but here's, here's my issue... Um, and not issue, but my here's my my thoughts on it. I how do I put this? Um, I'm okay with the self driving car assisted because th- there are certain things like computers are great. Don't get me wrong, 
and AI is improving to a phenomenal level. Um, but it cannot 100, with 100% accuracy predict the thought patterns of a human. A human, exactly. So if the yeah. closer the car is, the less time it has to react, right, to, to, the, to the pedestrian. So if she decided, like, oh, the light's turning yellow, I'm going to go ahead and start walking, but the car is only 100 feet away, it is not enough time to, to fully react. That's not true. And, I well, I disagree because it, you don't... At that close of an intro, because 100 feet is not very far in a vehicle. Um, you you don't know people's what you don't all, you can't always predict what people do. I mean, living where I live, there is um, a horseshoe parking lot, and I have to remember to come in slowly because there are children who dart out from behind cars, and I don't want to hit them. Um, but when I first moved in, there weren't that many people living here, and, uh, in this in, in the area, and you could just fly down. So, say for instance, the car's accustomed to making it hitting that left turn and just going across the speed bump and hitting it, you know, maybe doing thirty until it gets to my parking my my favorite parking spot. Well, you throw in the factor of all these kids coming in because I mean because like the 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 area kind of blossomed all at one time. So it was all of a sudden, now there's like 30 kids in the area. Now, the computer has to adjust for that, but that takes trends. It takes time. So with that, it, it the first couple of times, it's not ready to react. It's not prepared to react. to It doesn't adjust. It doesn't recalibrate its entire plan immediately because that doesn't make sense. One incident doesn't set a precedent for the entire trip every time you take it. Because it's a trip I had been taking for almost a year before this happened. So you got how, who knows how many times over 365 days that I've driven out and back in. Sometimes two or three times a day. and Or if, if not more. So you got to think one or two incidents over who knows how many hundreds of, uh, uh, of trips that this happened. It's, it can't accurately come up with a statistic that 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 defies the margin of error how many miles do you feel like you've driven a year in a year uh that's a rough one because i also drive i drive home and i commute to work let's see your commute to work is maybe uh let's see about 20 to 30 miles 30 miles i think because mine's about 20 and yours is a little bit further than mine so let's say let's say 30 um, that's just to work one way. And yeah, add, so, add, so so sixty a day, and then you work uh, five days a week. Right. Uh, we just do do it for the whole year. Five days a week times fifty two weeks is two hundred sixty days, and that's times um, what do we say sixty? Right. Yeah. Sixty miles. So that's uh, fifteen thousand six hundred uh, miles. Right, so so just you, just to work. Fifteen thousand six hundred miles. Just that to doesn't work. count grocery shopping, let's, haircuts, let's put, bar uh, trips. Let's put another fifteen thousand on that. So they say I went 30,000 30, miles, 30, miles. Yeah, yeah. in a year. So Waymo has driven up to 4 million miles at this point. Driven 4 million miles. Right. That is more miles driven than all of our driving combined in our uh, since we've had a license. Right. But Waymo has never had an incident. And I get that. I know I will credit that. I will not I'm not disputing their track record as far as incidents. 
what I what I am disputing is is the idea that we don't need at this point we don't need a driver by, like a conscious driver behind the wheel. You, you, and you can't use a conscious driver behind the wheel because they will make mistakes. But here's, here's why I say that, and, I, I, and and this is this is why I think you 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 still need one, somebody who's cognizant, so maybe like um and and capable, is because of situations like. Waymo has not ever once come through in the year, in the year and a half I've lived here has not once come through my parking lot. It has a completely expanded and it will probably decrease here within the next year or so and then expand again. Waymo has not once visited my particular parking lot. So it, so the computer the, not your parking the, the lot, AI, but the AI has no information on the people that live here. But they do have information on the parking lots in Los Angeles and Albuquerque. Right, but, we, but we know We're, that the, humans yeah, are not We're not cold. as high an affluent area. But, yeah, but we also know that humans humans are not code. So every child does not act the same. Every adult does not act the same. So there's not enough. There, there are some variables that are not accounted for. There will always be variables that are not accounted for. But what Waymo does is they take information from every vehicle and they quantum compute this information and then re-deliver it to every vehicle. So just because the vehicle that will be in your area doesn't know your parking lot, they have seen other parking lots with other children. And they can, remember, they can see a football field away. When you come into the parking lot, you can't see a football field away. No, but I mean, but you, they, it also cannot see through other cars that are parked and turned off. That LiDAR. are not, that are not self-driving cars. LiDAR can see more than we can see. Yeah, but not through other metal objects. Well, let's also talk about, there was an issue uh, a couple of years ago, I can't remember exactly when, but there was an issue where a self-driving car, I can't remember from which uh, company it was, uh, was driving, a person was driving a self-driving car, he wasn't, he wasn't actually driving, he was on autopilot, um, and he was... Uh, it was a Tesla vehicle. In the car, it was a Tesla vehicle, that's right. Um he was in the car while it uh, was Blinded driving by. itself. There was a white truck, a white semi-truck, that uh, came into uh, his line of driving. And the software did not recognize the truck as an actual, like, obstructive uh, part of the road. Right. It did basically didn't register at all because it was, a, it was painted white. And so it just recognized that, oh, this is just... More road, I can just continue on. Right. Um, and so the person, of course, if he had been, um, I think he might have been asleep or something like that. He wasn't attentive. Right. Who knows, right? I mean, like, I probably look it yeah. up. But um, the uh, the vehicle continued into the uh, the semi and uh, ran basically straight into it and ended up un- up under it, um, decapitating the person, like completely oh. killed him um, because there was. The, the software just didn't recognize that the vehicle, the, the, the truck even existed because it was, it didn't know how to register this white truck as uh, a truck. It just right. recognized it as just more road. It didn't right. know how to, how to recognize it. So uh, there, there does, in certain cases, I understand Xavier's point that the human element does um, hinder the automatic, the, the, the artificial intelligence because the the artificial intelligence is, is programmed to know how to handle the road. But in certain situations, the human element can see that this is a truck 
we need to slow down because we will hit this truck. Whereas the AI would say, oh, there's nothing there. I don't know how to read that. Okay. So then you go later after the fact and you say, okay, well, this is what a truck is. This is how you need to recognize it. And so then you go forward with that and say, you give the software information about how to handle right. okay. this First situation. All, so we'll let Xavier there, there is instances where software um, doesn't recognize certain things. But you're dealing with a communication error from software and hardware because, mm-hmm. again, the Tesla vehicles do not are not equipped with LiDAR. LiDAR is the technology that the military of the United States uses to basically drop bombs from a thousand miles away. So LiDAR is a more specific um, information system gathering hardware that the Tesla vehicle was not equipped with. The Tesla vehicle reads from cameras and the sunbeam of the white truck basically deflected that information from that vehicle being able to to, to be able to calculate what it was because they use cameras, not LiDAR. LiDAR is a literal radar system built into the vehicle and that's why Google has been working on it for so long because the LiDAR is what powers their entire uh, what the car sees. It uses cameras as well, yes, for close objects but the LiDAR is its primary driving force and not even GPS. GPS is there but it doesn't trust GPS fully because as we know as with children being in the parking lot, so there is construction. But my issue, like sometimes, sometimes intuition goes into play, right? Computer AI does not have intuition; it has statistics. So, like you, sometimes okay, say drive, you're driving down the interstate. There are certain situations where you can tell, hey, this person is trying. This person is about to cross lanes. I need to not maintain my speed, let them get over because I can tell by their driving pattern. They're going to get over. Um, where at, or, or this person has just come speeding up behind me and they seem to be more of an aggressive driver. They're probably going to either cut in front of me or cut in front of the person in the other lane from me. I'm going to maintain my speed, let them do their thing, and keep moving. The AI can't always, because sometimes, I mean, but there's also situations where it may look like that but you know based off of how they you know off of your previous experiences and and people's how people can't nobody drives a, a, a straight line correctly they we they bob a little bit on both ends of the lane you can tell how you know if they're trying to switch lanes or if they're just driving straight or if they're not paying attention that kind of thing um but if you just do it based off of off of statistics and where I'm, where I'm going with this is that like there could be an issue where the the statistic is wrong, where where it could say like, based off of our measurements, our calculations, this person is not going to switch lanes. We're going to keep going, and that person decides to switch lanes. That's where the human factor should come in. It should be whoever sitting in that driver's seat needs to be aware, so that if they see that happen out of nowhere that defies that that logic, they can then tap that brake. And it may it, it it may ultimately come out to something that may happen. 0.5% of the time. It could. It could absolutely happen. But I still think that 0.5% of time saves a lot more. In, in, I mean, it saves, well, saves a lot in the, in the long run. I mean, because you think about the driving, you know, on busy interstates, a wreck happens. You're like, holy crap. Like, you got a wreck. Now I'm backed up 
30 minutes and uh you know because or an hour because it's ready you gotta move it off then we gotta wait for traffic to slowly pick back up and it it is staggering all the way back and the whole nine yards but i i feel at this point i think we should go at least a solid solid 10 years with mm-hmm. the ability to take over the self-driving like it should it should be its primary i mean and when i say take over i don't mean like i'm bored with how slow this car is driving take over i mean give us a warning put your hands on the steering wheel pay attention because we're not 100 percent sure yeah there always has to be like like okay put your car on autopilot sure fine but also (laughs) there should be a a warning or something whenever like you know you get in your car today and it has a little screen that says like you have gps in your car it says make sure you don't use this GPS while you're driving, and if you're off the side of the road, it's going to give you that warning. So if you say, okay, um, go ahead and put your car into autopilot, okay, sure, but make sure you maintain uh, uh, awareness of right. the road right. and, and when the you road can, conditions you as you are driving. Can. Like, it's kind of like planes. Planes have autopilot. Mm-hmm. They, they can, they'll stabilize themselves and, and fly on a straight course. But there are times when the pilot has to turn it off and, and manually take control. It could be times of intense turbulence, thunderstorms, you know, certain things where the pilot, they, 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 you know, it's part of the reason why we don't have auto-flying planes. Interesting. There are times, a lot less traffic, though, in the skies. And whenever they land planes, they don't land planes not, automatically. We say less traffic, but we are carrying, you know, hundred, you know, up to hundred people in the air, several miles into the sky. Uh-huh. So I mean, one airplane crash is the equivalent of several hundred wrecks. You know what I mean? Like, That's true. It, you know it. So while there are fewer planes in the, you know, flying is still the 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 impact of the plane crashing is still large, yeah. and an autopilot is autopilot in a plane is limited. Yeah. You know, and then there are times they have to jump back in, grab the, the steering, you know, besides landing, obviously, they have to, they have to land, but yeah. besides the landing, there are times they have to take control and fly, and, and manually fly the plane. And I feel and like I it also, should be the, that should be the same situation with a car. It also should be stated too, I think that self-driving, self, well, self-flying planes have been around a lot longer than self-driving cars. Yeah. Um, even though cars have been around a little bit longer than planes, I think. Yes. If I'm right. Because yes. planes, planes came a little bit more right. than cars. Yes. Uh, or, uh, after cars, I mean. Yeah. Um, I know what you mean. But yeah. irrelevant at this point. But um, <laughs> it's a long time since Kitty Hawk. Um, but uh, with, with all planes, you know, there were a lot of plane crashes and plane incidents that, were, um, that happened that influenced... Um, policy and technology to prevent things whenever um, they put in place all these different softwares and things to help the planes fly better. Sorry. A lot of things had to happen before... I just drank some water of that region. Oh, no. Bad idea. I, I forgot what it tastes like, and it surprised me. It's a bad idea. Um, oh! But yeah, a, a lot of things had to happen... For to planes in order for them to re- to to reach the point where they can be self flying to the point. Ryan, you're being such a <laughs> messy, messy bitch. Look at you spilling wine all over I the place. Miss, I missed. I only. I just missed my. At breath. least it's not the good wine. Okay. Back to, back to my topic. <laughs> no, it was it was a Pinot Grigio. For only the last couple of years, we've had self driving cars. Uh, 
I feel like the same thing has to happen with cars as as with planes. We have to have basic trial and error. That's how mm-hmm. we learn is by mm-hmm. through trial and error, mm-hmm. where we have uh, you know fatal crashes, uh, certain incidents where the the software doesn't function, or with whatever we learn from different things, where we eventually can get to the point where the AI can realize. Uh, what is uh, how how it needs to handle itself on the on the road in the air whatever uh, in order to to be as safe as possible for us to uh, to travel. Okay, my is it, my is? my last thought on this um, is I think you're both completely wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I love you both, but well, fine. No, no, I mean, you guys put up very very beautiful arguments on the subject, um, but I just believe. Uh, from the testing and the algorithms that have been run um, because Ryan you stated that um, it's a statistic game Uh and it's not it's a live data game Um, uh, Clay you you mentioned you know airplane traffic and and how airplanes have you know crashed less because of these possible autopilots Um, the autopilot can only be engaged in certain modes of flight uh, with certain time expectancies and they have limited um, opportunities to 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 act. Um, self-driving cars that are truly self-driving are safer than a self-driving car that has a human component by taking a will. Um, the Waymo vehicles that were tested um, without uh, steering wheels um, have performed admirably, um, almost a perfect record. Um, I mean, there have been incidences where the Waymo vehicles have stopped too short of their their uh, arrived upon destination, uh, causing the, dry, the 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 passenger to walk a couple of extra feet. Um, but never has the Waymo vehicle um, ever been in an incident um, because it's not statistical; it's algorithm. And when the algorithms are played out. And when the vehicle can see a football field away in the rear and in the front, it makes predictions based on that. It says, this person that you see coming on the road, or that you can't see but I can see coming on the road, has possible variables. It would decelerate and consider those possible variables before, before ever coming upon the, 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 the human that's going to possibly cross the street, possibly just ride along the street with, with you know, um, ve- uh, vehicle, um, sorry, not vehicles, but bicycles. Um, and the incident you're talking about on the interstate where the person could switch lanes, um, the Waymo vehicle would have understood the situation and then calculated how far back you need to hang back from that vehicle. It would dis- decrease the speed before the incident has a situation to proceed so if the vehicle is going to cross in front of you or possibly cross in front of you Waymo has already predicted that and has already decelerated to give you a precision gap so that if that does happen then that is basically what's allowed to happen Um, there is millions of miles driven way more than some of most of us have driven even at our college days but the Waymo vehicle, as it is presented, without the help of a driver, makes better predictions 
and has had a zero fault rate. Whereas you look at the Uber demonstration, they've had a death. Waymo has never had a death. Waymo has never had an accident that it couldn't figure out, that it basically was not able to judge. It basically says, okay, if this is going to go bad, we're basically going to just save the driver. Mm-hmm. That is Waymo's optimal method of protection. Save the driver. So if I need to hang back into this accident and be collided with by the vehicle in the rear, then I'll take that because that will deploy several airbags that will, again, save my passenger. The way Wemo is built is built to ultimately save the passenger. Now, of course, it wants to save outside life as well. So that's pretty much my spiel. Um, Clay? Okay, I've, I've had my hand up for a minute. Um, <laughs> We're in school. Yeah. Uh, to denote that I drew, I drew a, a, a question earlier from, from this whenever he started speaking. The, mm-hmm. So Xavier really got into my actual topic uh, as he was finishing his thought mm-hmm. of the... There's, there's a sort of a paradox almost with self-driving vehicles that they... Uh, if given a certain circumstance, you know, the, the, the vehicle is, the software tells the vehicle that it needs to always prioritize, you know, the safety of everybody who's on the road, uh, especially gross. the driver. Um, this one is gross. And was, okay, that's <laughs> off topic, sir. Okay. Actually, it's on topic. We're one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Our whole goal is let's, to talk let's about say, lines. Let's say there was um, you're driving you're driving down a regular regular old neighborhood. Whatever, that's fine. Uh, there happens to be also a uh, a semi truck coming in the opposing lane. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's say that there was a child in a tree. Uh, that on a branch, on a branch in a tree that was hanging above the road and the child <coughs> drops so right the, in front of your path right. as you're approaching it. Right. So the child drops immediately in front of the car. Now the car has uh, a couple options. Well, well, let me let me take that from you for a second. What would you do if you were driving, Xavier? So if I were driving in a self-driving vehicle... No, no you're driving... I haven't finished framing you're, it though. But there has there's vehicle. no other option other than to hit the child or to go in another a direction. Truck in oncoming traffic, and a child for whatever re- craziest reason possible is hanging over a tree branch that is o- o- that is arching the road and it's, has fallen, has fall falling, fallen, fallen. Yes. <coughs> what is your response? So, immediately, I'm going to refer to the self-driving vehicle, mm-hmm. uh, Waymo by Google. Mm-hmm. Um, that vehicle has already identified the child in the tree. Okay. And so, it knows that that's a possible factor. Now, mind you, the truck is not self-driving at this point. Right. The truck's not self-driving. Okay. And, and, and we are in a self-driving vehicle. And now, the child is hidden no. until... The child is not hidden. It's in the leaves. How can it identify something through the leaves? Because LiDAR reacts differently than camera. 
Uh-huh. It's like another form of radar. It's, it's, it's a highly intensified form of radar. So LIDAR would have affected the tree by heat signatures, saying that that is not a part of the tree because they have completely different heat signatures. So the child lights up like a Christmas tree. Okay, well, let's say instead... Okay, let's say... Let's, let's scrap oh, that whole thing. Now we can't... <laughs> my, whole, my whole thing was, what do you do? What do you do in that situation? Like, if there's, like, obstructions to the left and to the right behind you, like, there's no way that you could avoid hitting this child. Do you hit the child or do you uh, avert and then kill the driver? Um, or injure the driver, you know, in any circumstance. There have been so tests. let's say there let's say then that the lidar is able to identify that 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 there is a person up above in a tree, a football field away, a football field away. They are in that football field away tree, hundred yards, until yeah. you are directly upon them. You are you that the lidar sees that child in that tree from a hundred yards away. You are. All the way almost to that tree. However, that child drops into your path out of absolutely nowhere. Like, for, for like no apparent reason, just all of a sudden falls out of that tree onto the road, you know, 10 feet, 15 feet. So it's dead. Onto the child is dead already. Child, <laughs> children are more resilient than that, okay? <laughs> I mean, like, I've fallen off a roof before. It's fine. <laughs> You're fine. Like, you just tuck and roll. It's fine. <laughs> Not to say you won't might have a couple bruises, it's fine. <laughs> just tuck and roll. Let's assume the child is right. fine at okay. this point. So, so, so the child, child magically let's say survives. let's say quote unquote magically falls out of the tree in front of the car. Uh let's say maybe uh Less than 20 feet away, and let's say you're going on a regular neighborhood speed of 40 miles an hour. Okay, so first of all, the car wouldn't be going at a regular speed because it's already identified. It already knows it's going to be slowing down? Yes. How do you know that Waymo does this? Because I've seen the algorithmic trials. I can show you them. Okay, so it sees this kid a mile away. It sees the kid away. It knows it's in the tree. It knows that it's a possible fall risk. It knows that it is a possible obstruction. So the Waymo has already slowed down to a speed Here? of which it can and will stop before the vehicle hits the child. Let's also say then, okay, averting to a different topic. B- before you change topic <laughs> again, um, I'm, I'm going to say that as, as we develop the AI, there will always be situations that just come out of the blue, right? There's just there's too many things because humans inherently do dangerous things. We will do things to risk our lives all the time. There could be a point in time you're in your self-driving car, enjoying yourself, somebody decided to go skydiving over the road, parachute does not deploy. They land on your car. Waymo cannot predict that immediately. Like, that is not something that happens enough for it to happen. It's not about predictions on statistics. It's about predictions on algorithmic possibilities. That's fine, but it could register. Somewhere, anywhere, a skydiver could have jumped in front of a vehicle. Waymo's not currently looking up. It's looking out in front of you, around you, behind you. Right? So, 
after the first skydiver slams into a car, then they'll make new models of the Waymo cameras and LiDARs to then look up as well. But, and, and that's just how technology works. Some issue comes up, we make a patch for it. That's usually how we are. We try to be proactive, but there are certain things that come up that we didn't think about that happens, and we develop fair. it in Acts patch. of God. Random, random yes. things that there just can't be avoided. Acts of gods. I'll continue with that statement because people believe in multiple... Some people believe in multiple gods or different gods and stuff like that. But, okay. But, um, they're just... I honestly, I think the safest course of action, in my opinion, as we introduce uh, driverless cars to allow them to have steering wheels, gas and brake pedals, and gear shifters, you know, um, in case of emergency, because like I said, there are cars that just do things out of nowhere. Just, just like driving myself, driving, commuting to work. There's a section of the interstate that block that that almost comes to a standstill every single morning, and sometimes as and it's random. It's not every day. It's not at the same time every day. It's not something that's 100% calculable. But every so often, I'll take off. The car in front of me, ta- you know, car in front of me takes off, and then I give it a space. You know, you know, because it takes a little bit for cars to Humans accelerate. Gauge, we gauge how yeah, far. You, yeah, we gauge when, how far, wait, when to start accelerating and how much to accelerate. Yep. And that cars have start. literally just uh, in an opposing lane that stopped, just darted out in front of me. That's not that's not one hundred percent predictable because sometimes it happens, sometimes it don't. Uh, I never know when. Also, I've seen it too in a in totally opposing. Like if you're on the interstate, you see people in the opposite direction who are traveling um, inbound to wherever you're leaving from. They are uh, going. They're they're stopping whenever you're driving through right. here. People in in your lanes on your side, they are stopping in the overland. If, if there's something that happens in front of you or whatever, or vice versa, if there's right. something that happens in the opposite direction, right. then they'll stop, be like and gawking at it. Right. You have the people rubbernecking, whatever. They'll stop, mm-hmm. and it's like it's it's just human nature. We stop and and react to different things right. and to react to people in front of us, behind us, people not even in our lanes, totally opposite side of the road. Right. But I just I just think ten years would be a good time to do a full implementation, start selling uh, self driving cars so that there are more of exactly. them on the, the road that there are out and the road, we get the rid of a lot of the cars that aren't self driving and slowly implement that point that we can then take out the steering wheel. Um, but what I want to do is here's something different. What I want to <laughs> what I want to do is a little different. From the last episode, I'm going to hit each topic. And I want to go around the room and get final thoughts. Um, brief, one-liner final thoughts, if we can, um, on topics we covered today that are of any substance, not the stories, not the, not the personal stories. Um, so I'm going to hit you. Xavier, Michael Cohen, client attorney, how do you feel about it? I think that all the documents uh, seized should be turned over directly to the FBI, and they should be able to comb through them and find what they need. Clay, how do you feel about it? To use a term from Battlestar Galactica, one of my favorite shows of all time, he is fracked. <laughs> Liked it. I, I'm going to ship that. Um, next is going to be um, uh, Not Black Enough or The Unblackening. Um, Xavier, what's your um, thoughts on that? I am black, and I think that uh, I'm black enough. 
Thank you. I am white, and uh, I have no opinion on the topic <laughs> because I don't know if I really need to have one. What a safe answer, Clay. <laughs> I like that. Next one and our last one: self-driving cars. Xavier, your last your last statement. Let me last statement. I prefer completely automated self-driving cars. I think it's the way of the future, and I think that's the way of our um, life beyond. Um, worrying about traffic. Okay. Put more cars on, more self-driving cars on the road so we can uh, get some information out there and really test it and make it better for the future. Outstanding, guys. I want to thank you all. Now, that was only three topics, wasn't it? We had four topics? We had no, four skip, wines, four no, topics. No, 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 topics. Oh, okay. I see. <laughs> oh, no, we got to Making no, sure. Okay. Anyway. No, we got to All right, now, um, so I, wanna, I just want to thank you guys uh, for listening in to us again. Uh, we're tra- trying new things as we go along with these episodes. So t- please comment. Tell us what you like. Tell us what you don't like so we can make these adjustments as we go. Um, one thing I'm, uh, we're going to be doing um, going forward, we're going to be posting you know, our wines like maybe a day before the podcast comes out so you know what we're drinking before we know what we're drinking, sort of. Um, and we're gonna post the price tag and where we got it from, so you can go out, so you can sit down, wine down with us, and warn us time. about bad wines. Not, no, it's hard. It's hard <laughs> to be recorded by them. Oh, I thought like we were posting it before, no, no, and not then before we record, before we post the video. Every no, post, no, gotcha, no, right? Oh my god, wine's a newbie. No, wine's a newbie. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I had several glasses. Okay, Clay's so, a newbie. Everybody's um, gonna stop talking, but myself I am, because I, <laughs> I have the notes now. Now, what I want you guys to do is to um, definitely hit our social media, social social media up and give us give us some likes, give us some comments. Let us know what we're doing wrong. Let us know what we're doing right. If you have wine that you want us to taste, definitely tell us what you want. Um, if there's anything you want us to talk about that we're not covering. Hit us up. Let us know. We'll try to fit this in. We're, our plan is to do this every week. We want to hit you. We want to have a new podcast going up every single Wednesday for you guys to sit back, relax, and enjoy your, you know, coming back from work or whatever stresses you may have. Sit down on hump day and just kind of chill and, and enjoy. So, like, so definitely let us know what's going on. And the very last thing I want to go over today, I want to hear one, two, three, or four. I want to hear your wine choices. Um, let's start starting with Xavier. I want to hear who's your number one, and I want to hear who's your number four as far as wines that we tried today. So uh, off the top, the Merlot was absolutely amazing. Um, very surprising for a three dollar and fifty cent wine. Yes, um, I extremely appreciate it. Um, so that would be my my number one wine for tonight, and then my number four wine for tonight will be that Pinot Grigio by Barefoot. Again, I mm-hmm. love mm-hmm. Barefoot for what they do and uh, for our for my community, um, uh, the GLBTQ community, uh, but for also their other social justice programs and just kind of getting that out there. Uh, but they ended up in my number four slot today with the. 
um, Pinot Ruscio, and the Chardonnay. I put them both at number four. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm wow. sorry. I yeah. was. Yeah. I didn't have enough butter Fair. in my buttery Chardonnay, <laughs> and I felt no love for the Pinot Ruscio. So that's me. Yeah. All right, Clay. Tell me, what's number? Right. Who's number one? I'm gonna I'm gonna go and give you all four ranked. Go ahead, give it the to me. Absolute number one for me yes. was the Pink Moscato. Oh, I wow. myself have finished off the entire bottle. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> but like like two half pours have gone to these two, uh, and the rest has gone to me. Uh, the the second definitely so so the uh, Spring Creek Pinot Grigio uh, no, no sorry Spring Creek Spring Creek Pink Moscato <laughs> at three dollars and fifty cents a bottle from Dollar General is yeah. my absolute favorite. My okay. number two is also the Spring Creek Merlot. Uh, also from uh, Donald General, Dollar General from <laughs> for $3.50 a bottle. Is it, I said Merlot, right? It's Merlot. Yeah, Merlot. Uh, my, my, both, I have to put both of them in the last category, although I, I, I kind of will have to put, I guess, the, the Pinot Grigio at a three from Barefoot. Uh, and Chardonnay at four. Really? Uh, from Barefoot. Um, also uh, $5.50 a bottle from uh, Dollar General each. Um, those I really did not enjoy. Um, the Chardonnay above all. But, um, but yeah. Really? So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm a, apparently a cheap date. Uh, <laughs> I think, can I go ahead and put in a, uh, a request maybe? Let's no, uh, offline. Okay, fine, <laughs> fine, fine. <laughs> okay, awesome. More white, more white. Well, uh, that was more information than I asked for. So I'm gonna go with my one and four. Number one is going to definitely be this. <laughs> as I drop the, <laughs> as I drop the bottle, the number one is going to be definitely the Spring Creek Merlot. Yes, like absolutely. I absolutely love. I it. may have called the, the Pinot Noir, but except in Merlot, I'm sorry. The flavor here is absolutely delicious to me. Um, it's only 12 percent alcohol, so you definitely it's at that point where you get enough alcohol to if you want to drink, you know what I mean. Go go go! You got enough to drink, and if you want flavor. You got flavor there, so you can sip it. So, absolutely, 100%, I'm, I'm going with the Merlot. My number four, which I'm going to pour into the glass of, because it's the, it's the only wine we have left, <laughs> is the uh, Pinot Grigio. It was, it's absolutely disgusting, and if you ever Ooh, go to a gym and you see a guy lifting weights, go lick his armpit. That's oh, what no. it tastes like. I said um, that. No, I said that. Um, now, um... If you if you're listening to this podcast and you're tasting these wines with us and you disagree, definitely one. Or if you had these wines before and you disagree or or agree, definitely leave us a comment on our Facebook page or um, comment to us on SoundCloud. I don't know if you can on SoundCloud. I'm just saying stuff. Um, and on on Twitter, hit us up. Instagram, whoever, whoever, whatever your social media taste is. We don't have a Tumblr yet, but I feel like it's coming. Yeah. So keep a, keep an eye out, and whatever your social media tastes are, find us, like us, subscribe, and definitely comment. Give us suggestions, the whole nine yards. Um, and that's all I really have going on today. Um, so definitely keep a look at us every Wednesday is going to be our goal for these podcasts. This is only number two. So here's to hoping and, um, 
listen out, enjoy, and tell us how you feel about it. Okay, guys? We're going to go give a chink, and we're going to say goodbye. Bye, guys. Bye. Thank you for joining.